Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another yes! edition of the Metal Sucks podcast. <laughs> Episode number 19. I am Chickity Chuck. I am Godless. And uh, we As have got we a all. hell of a show for you uh, this week, man. A hell of a show. We got Odorous. Odorous on uh, this episode, and we talk about Future everything. Super Bowl performer. Maybe. I don't know. It, it could be possible. That petition is up, so it, it, you never know. He could be playing the Super Bowl at some point in their near future. Somehow I doubt it, though. Man. I think you could get every NFL owner's wife to sign that petition, and it still ain't going to happen. <laughs> uh, Metal Sucks Podcast brought to you by Metallica through the never. If you live for Metallica, don't die before September 27th. See the 3D movie that Rolling Stone calls a full-throttle expression of rock and roll anarchy. Metallica through the never, only on IMAX 3D on September 27th. That's actually going to be premiering at uh, Fantastic Fest here in Austin next week. So ah. I hear rumors of Metallica karaoke, like dudes from the band are going to be at the movie doing live karaoke. I don't know if I'm going to have to try to get in there. I heard yeah, they were sending Kirk could, and Rob, though. You going to hook us up with tickets for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's going to happen. It's Metallica, dude. Yeah, but dude, dude, Doesn't dude, work. people don't understand how big a deal you are. We went to Iron Maiden... Last week, right? We and, sponsored that show, though. It, that yeah, was, but you know. that's what I'm saying, dude. It didn't even say Megadeth on the ticket. My ticket did not say Megadeth. It said No Control Radio. That's, that's you uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. presents Iron Maiden, and that was it. That was pretty kick butt. I was dude. blushing the entire time. It was pretty crazy. They should have been selling your T-shirts there. That's what they should have been doing. Selling uh, for forty five dollars. I no. I, I I forked over the money to buy myself another Iron Maiden t- <laughs> number nine. I think is what my Iron T-shirt count is up to now. Before I had enough money to buy them before. But uh, we also invited, of course, Vince and Axel because we had a, we were talking about uh, metal in the mainstream. Kind of is what we were. Thrown around as a topic idea for today because the new iOS 7 came out or is coming out for iPad. I think it's out actually. Somebody was downloading it today, as a matter of fact, for iPad. Oh, and, this is the new thing iPhone. that's going to crash all your apps? Is yeah, that- exactly. I noticed all the apps were updating. I was like, oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. Here it comes. But the new iOS is out and then they, they've got the rainbow bright new iPhones, the iPhone C, uh, 5C and 5S and those things that are coming out. But the interesting thing about it was, was that they were using a Deaf Heaven song. I think it was, was it Sunbather that they were using in the background or they were using it for their intro video? Well, I don't know that it was actually, um, the song was in it. I think it was just an image of was the it? cover. Okay. And, uh, you know, they had the song playing in the, the iTunes app on yeah, the phone in the commercial. Yeah. That seems really. But still. Yeah, I know exactly. That seems kind of straight. I mean, first question I have is: is am I the only person that doesn't get Deaf Heaven? <laughs> I think that album, dude. I I think I'm. I swear, I, I think I I'm the only person that does not get that album. I, I I won't listen to it more than you know once a week or something. 
you know, because any more than that, it's a little too much. We've never met in person, but uh, according to your your good pal Chuck, there, I mean, aren't you the hipster metal black metal expert? That's Ab- true, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. You but, should know all about this. Putting my hands behind my head right now, kicking back, my 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 Mid cap on, and he's you know, he's ready to <laughs> roll. My sandals. <laughs> no, oh, no. I mean, I actually I hate that term. It's stupid. I mean, I use it, but you know, I realize how stupid <laughs> it is. I, I actually really like the album, though. I think it's fantastic. I think it's it's by far their best album yet. Uh, I was kind of lukewarm on them before, and and now I'm a fan. And I think it's awesome that they've gotten this exposure from Apple. It's just weird. Do you think Apple is onto something? I mean, do you think they're because you know that if anybody's got good demographics, any demographic information, it's Google and Apple. So they know something. I mean, that's that can't be just a fluke that that was popped up there. You know, they know that that's reaching people. I mean, it could be, you know, they could just have some fan of the band that that works on, uh, you know, works on the graphics for for the keynote, yeah, or whatever, that's you true. know, and just and just stuck it in there. Um, who knows? You know, who knows where it came from? I was just I mean, one- also. Okay. Sorry, correct me if I'm mistaken, but wasn't it specifically used for the pink phone? Yes. I kind of thought it was an art direction. Oh. It's a pink album cover, pink phone. Like like they did a search for that exact uh, Or something man. recent. Pink you know? album covers or something right. like that. Yeah. Right. Oh, so they were, just, they were just trying to aesthetically match it instead. See that? Maybe? Well, I'm not saying Def, Def Haven had nothing to do with it. I'm just saying like... You know, that probably factored into the decision. I just yeah, but I mean, what? They couldn't find, like, an album cover by the artist Pink, you know, to match it? Or, like, I mean, I'm sure there's other Pink album covers out there that... Right. Uh, well, that's why I'm saying it doesn't yeah. have nothing to do with it. It's just, uh, I don't know that everybody should start jerking each other off just yet. It's more of a salmon, <laughs> not a... Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't really foresee this being, like, the first step in their climb towards a platinum record. You know what I mean? <laughs> But is it a well, breakthrough for kind of metal in general? I, mean, I start think to metal has steadily been getting, I don't want to say more mainstream, but more credibility out in the world. Like now you see the New Yorker and the New York Times writing about metal mm-hmm. on a not irregular basis. And even five years ago, that would have been inconceivable. NPR. Yeah, I was going to say NPR. NPR exactly. And, yeah, right. you start to hear it everywhere when I'm like, what is it? Orphan Land? Why are the, you know, I, that surprised the hell out of me one day on NPR when I'm hearing Israeli metal on a, on NPR. I'm like, what the? Okay, I guess that's but just. NPR loves Israel, though. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Yeah, that is a good point. Oh, sarcasm. <laughs> See, I would think that some of it's got to do with the fact that, you know, those uh, people who were, you know, listening to uh, Sepultura and, and the rest of the stuff when it was popping in the la- late 80s, now they've got jobs where they can actually make a difference and they're still listening to metal and they're plop- popping it into TV commercials, you know, Death Angel doing what was it uh, like, like oh, yeah. Slim Jim or something like that a few months ago? And, yeah. you know, and, and Scion and, you know, all these products sort of using metal movies, using metal in different ways. Uh, but, you know, even that being said, it still seems like when you put something like that in there, you have to feel confident that it's not going to, you know, cause most of America to, you know, turn the channel. Well, it was that idea that when Cadillac first used, uh, I think it was a Zeppelin song for one of their Cadillac ads, I thought it was just, what the fuck are they thinking? I was like, the Cadillac is using Zeppelin to sell Cadillacs. That's That just seemed insane to me. But it also spoke to the fact that their the audience for Led Zeppelin was now in their 50s, and they're, they've got the money to buy Cadillacs. Just wait when the new one is the Eldorado with Slayer's Hell Awaits. You know, I mean, <laughs> why not? 
what I see a difference is if you're if you're an art director, you're a director of a commercial, and you like a song, you hear a Death Angel song, and it speaks to you, or you hear a Judas Priest song, and it says minivans to you. You know that that's something that speaks to you. And what Judas Priest song doesn't? Right, say I know exactly. <laughs> but it's a whole other when you have a brand that is identifying with something or using that as something. You know, Scion is a, is one of those brands that uses metal. You know, they release metal on their on their label. They put on the Scion Rock Fest every year. They they are behind the genre and to as much as any brand could possibly be. So is Apple lining up to do that as well? I mean, they've got to be seeing some sales, at least on iTunes, of, of metal records these days, you know? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, the back when, when the iPod was a new thing, uh, which isn't even really that long ago. It seems like forever ago. But right. whenever whenever that came out and songs were featured in the commercials, those songs were just became instant smashes. Yeah, um, I can't remember what was the first one. It was that that woman, uh, the one, two, three, four. Oh, the yeah, that one. I yeah, know so you know about, it. Yeah. You know yeah. that was that yeah. was solely because of the Apple commercial, right? You know, and I'm sure Def Heaven aren't experiencing that kind of a spike. I mean, the music wasn't even in it, but even if it was, but you know, still, I mean, they've got to be seeing some kind of bump. At least people looking for the cover are trying to figure out what the hell it was. But you know, I, I hate to see what uh, somebody who's going to buy the pink iPhone if they download Def Heaven, <laughs> what's gonna, how that's going to turn out. That's that's going to get ugly. Dude, I am totally getting a pink iPhone. <laughs> I, I'm in. I, I think it's just great. because, just because, like, I well, it, no one can ever steal it from me. What other metal dude is going to have a pink iPhone? It's like the pink lighter. It's like you yeah, always exactly. have a pink like, lighter. That, you know, that is my phone. You fucker, you took it from me. Give it to me. <laughs> you guys seeing like any bump in your traffic or anything that sort of sort of confirm what we're sensing is happening out there? Because of the Apple commercial? No, 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 just no, in just, general. Just I mean, in general, yeah. Because I think it's, uh, I, that's the thing is like Apple, I think is is not the, is not going to be the thing that breaks it or, uh, or I think it's just kind of a symptom of the disease. And obviously it's really difficult to discern how many more people you got coming to your site because of your uh, insightful and, and witty, you know, writing or, you know, I mean, beyond that, I mean, are you able to, are, are, is there some sort of bellwether that you guys can be for us here? I mean, it's hard to say because without being too gauche and licking our own assholes or whatever. Um, the site is always growing. This, you know, Since we started it, we've been lucky that the site has consistently grown as time progresses. So it's hard to know if, if this is having an effect or not. Or the audience just itself is starting to expand or, on its own. Yeah, they're, they're reproducing. Like, they're starting to... <laughs> no, well, but it's no. also it's like the more you do, you know, the more tours you sponsor, now your logo is everywhere, yeah. the more interviews you do, the more premieres you do, like you just, you know, you people become aware of your existence. Right, yeah, more people you talk to, just word of mouth, and then everything else, it just sort of snowballs. Right. It's hard to take a temperature of that, especially here in this, in this town, because you go to an Iron Maiden show and they sell... 9,000 tickets is a sold out show. And then you go to 9,000 or something like that. It's, it's like 90,000, dude. No, not that venue. That venue is oh. not 90,000. How many people in that place? I want to say it's like maybe 10 grand tops. No tops. No tops, tops up. But at the same time, you go to a uh, high on fire show and they're having trouble selling tickets or something. I don't think they are, but, but it's another small show on a weekend night is having another, having some trouble. You know, it seems like a lot, a lot more hit or miss these days than it used to be when it was, I'm going to metal every time metal is anywhere and it's going to be there. It seems people are more divided as far as what they're digging or what they're not digging. Just like, I, you know, I have a problem with, I, I, I'm not a big Def Heaven fan, 
but I love Wolves in the Throne Room, so I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. There's like way more tours and releases in general these days. I think it's just that much more competitive. There's just so many bands. You know, there's a real healthy lower middle class, let's say, of bands that are constantly touring. And because they can't sell, no one can sell any records anymore, they have to tour mm. all the time to make a living. And I mean, I think you're just seeing bands stick around and maybe bands get back together, whereas in the past you you weren't seeing that because bands could kind of sit back and chill and, and wait for the royalties to come in. For a band like, all right, so there was chatter about Dark Angel reuniting, right? Still is. Still is, yeah. And and for me, it's like, really? Really? Were there that many people who were into Dark Angel? I don't know, maybe. But it seemed like a West Coast thing, maybe. I don't know. You know, if you're looking at, okay, we need to reunite, how are we going to make money? Well, you can't make money like you used to with CD sales or LP sales. You can't make money like you used to on touring because it costs you four times as much to fill your tank as it used to. And, you know, so on and so forth. It just seems like... When you're talking about that lower middle class, it should look daunting to anybody who's looking to try to make a living doing this. But yet there still seems to be more people trying anyway. Well, people are never going to give up the dream, right? Musicians are just going to be musicians, no matter what, I think. They're, they're going to they're gonna go for it. And they're going to have illusions about what getting signed means, even though getting signed is shit, you know, it's like, here's a couple thousand bucks, go record a record, have fun, good luck. Uh, you know, no one's living off those signing bonuses or, or anywhere even close to that. Um, you know, and I think there's some denial about, about, um, the fact that it is just really insanely hard to make a living making metal. I've, I've seen plenty of touring bands and, and they aren't the prettiest things in the world. <laughs> Fart boxes. Oh man. There's, uh, I, I've had to do interviews in those things plenty of times. I'm like, really guys? Really? What band was it that was storing their pee in their van? Oh, that, that was, was revocation. revocation. Oh. Yeah. Along with the gigantic black dildo that was in there too. So that, that was also kind of, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> man, that was, that was actually such a non sequitur that was so great on their table that that gigantic black i mean and it was not it was not just a big black dick that was on their on their table it was so big that you had to comment on it when whenever you walked up to it you go so so a slightly smaller one you wouldn't have to comment exactly if it was sort of you know like I, that looks like it could be molded from something real now that no no that can't be real there's no way i wonder whether it's like you know whether Instead of sort of inspiring more metal fans, instead there's just sort of a, a, a more sort of general acceptance of metal. You know, you, you put on a um, you know your your Pandora playlist or whatever, and and you know it, all of a sudden out pops a you know a, a well, Death Heaven song. Dude, like I said, with with when when Hellion Hellion Evil or Electric Eye is selling minivans now. Well, of course, there's more acceptance because though because we're we're fucking old farts. Now. See, I just wonder, like like I remember back in the day, you know, you go to like a, that's what I'm saying. We're you, old farts but, now. But you yeah. go to a, like a sports event, and I remember like the first time I heard that Civ song that they still play at those. Uh, yeah. wait, what song was that? The dude, oh, just I can't, can't wait one. Yeah, minute. yeah, yeah can't yeah. wait one minute more. Yeah. 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 and you hear that guitar, and it was like, whoa, that came out of left field. You know, like like the, before that, all you heard was in vogue. At the at the arena, you know, but and, you had people of our generation and smashing pumpkins using like real heavy guitars, and the whole thing it started got it got incorporated. Now it's almost like you could get that kind of 
you know, death metal growl happening, and people are willing yeah, to put up with yeah. that too, which is for the last 20 years, there's no way you would hear that. Because you remember when you hear the like Metallica for the first time at a, at a hockey game or something, right. you're like, what the, oh, dude, no hell, is that metal? Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely say that some friends of mine who aren't into metal will, from time to time, you know, come up to me or just in casual conversations say, you know, like, oh, yeah, I was digging that new Mastodon album or, um, you know, or, um, oh, yeah, I was listening to some Dark Throne records the other, you know, it's like, what? (laughs) 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 Like, you have no idea. You know, and it's weird. I don't know whether to think if it's if it's cool or not. You know, I have very very conflicted feelings on it. You kind of want to be elitist about it, but at the same time, you don't want to be elitist about it. You know, you kind of want to spread the word, but exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's see, I would it, think for, it's painful when it becomes mainstream, but at the same time, you want it to get out there. I so. think for you guys, it could be great because eventually you'd be like the metal sucks column, and and you know, every two episodes of U, of USA Today, you guys. <laughs> on the cover of USA oh, Today. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Why not? No, please, no. Please, oh, please come on. No. It'd USA be Today. No, no. That's even... Making fun of Sebastian Bach and USA Today. Might as well be the Who National Enquirer, for that matter. I mean, if you're going to go that route. <laughs> oh, God. USA Today is like so fluff and terrible. But you know what I'm saying. That kind of stuff is good for us, even if it's not a direct you know, co-promo like that. You know, if, if USA Today is writing about metal... Uh, then some kid is getting into it and and eventually you know it's like you guys were talking about last week with the the um the gateway band yeah you know and and eventually that's going to filter up to us and it's the same with sites like pitchfork or stereo gum or npr covering metal a lot of which is you know real legit stuff in fact i'd say all of it is you know they're not they're not covering crap um and and i mean i think if you're getting that fringe audience to pay attention to metal that that ultimately benefits us in the long term well i thought it was interesting to see uh what on was it last season of veep you know they did the whole thing with the going to the metal show uh at uh in dc i can't remember what band it was right offhand magruder grind that's who it was it was magruder grind they went to a magruder grind concert on an hbo show which it was the clean cut dude from uh that works for the president of the united states of america goes to a magruder grind show I think there's more of those people than we let on nowadays. A lot of, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm looking at Godless over here in his little button down. And I'm going, okay, you know, he's, he, he looks all normal and stuff, but you know, underneath, uh, he's a total asshole. But it's, uh, thank, it, thank you very much. I think there's, I think there's a lot of that out there. I think there's a lot of people because if you talk to the dudes, because I, our local hockey team or whatever, you go out there and they're playing metal all the time during the during the yeah, it's because interstitial it's, and all that stuff. Some dudes a fan of yours. It, well, no, some dudes a fan of metal. You get, same thing with NFL. Like if you talk to the Fox guys and when they're doing broadcasts or the NCAA when they're doing the Texas Longhorns games and you hear like in the background, it may just be for like 10 seconds and you're like, is that a Lamb of God song? You're like, what the fuck is that? And, and it's literally some dude that is picking the music for this thing. They don't even care. They just, it's just bumper music. But it just happens to be one guy who's a fan. And it's just sort of, infilt- we're infiltrating all the facets of society now. It's, this, it's, that's part nice. of the, it's part of the reason that I think that, like, like uh, <laughs> I hate to bring it up, but the latest Megadeth album, Super Collider, oh, is, it's so out of touch with what's really happening because it seems like everybody's coming to Megadeth and Megadeth decided to turn onto the highway where he thought everybody else was and there's nobody there anymore. Does that make sense? 
<laughs> Apparently not. Damn. Uh, you are totally uh, no, it does. out to drive. Completely. <laughs> I just wanted to see how long we could make that sound. Right, that was good. <laughs> um, no, it's hard to disagree with that, though. <laughs> Great. I, don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> kidding side that album is fucking terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, Vincent, Axel, I, I, I got to tell you this anecdote. You guys will freak out. So we're we're at a bar having some pizza or whatever and sandwiches before we go to Maiden, and this dude comes into the place and he literally bowed to Chuck. I mean, like, all of us at the table saw it and freaked out. He was working. It was... I know he was, he was working. Cooking, he cooked my fries. But man. he bowed to you, man. It was the coolest you don't think thing these... I've ever seen. Yeah, but this is, you know, Austin. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's still pretty damn cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys well, got... I mean, that, that beard, you know? I mean, who could... <laughs> Actually, want to bow down to that thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think that may be more of it than anything else, man. <laughs> Disagree. Well, I want to thank you guys for uh, coming on the show today. I think that's, you know, good uh, good to talk to you guys. Finally get you on here, man. I mean, we're only, what, almost 20 episodes in, so... Future USA Today calmness. Excellent. <laughs> Axel. We got to get to uh, the odorous interview because we got to sit down and talk to odorous orungus about the brand new record that is uh, actually out this week battle maximus and it is uh, pretty awesome as well as a bunch of other stuff including metal in the mainstream and uh, how miley cyrus uh, is going to end the entire world What's happening, man? How are you doing? It's uh, Chuck and Godless from the Metal Sucks Podcast, man. How are you doing? Ah, doing great. Getting ready to uh, unleash Battle Maximus upon your planet and get ready with a brand new Guar Tour to devastate your world one more time. So, uh, <laughs> yes, the Slate Pit is the scene of feverish activity as we get ready to once again hit the road to decimate your planet in the name of Gladys and behind the blazing leads of Pustulus Maximus. How is Pustulus working out, man? Is he is he filling in the holes in a decent way for you guys? Well, beyond decent. I mean, we couldn't ever replace Flattis, an amazing guitar player, an amazing songwriter who had pretty much single-handedly led Guard back into the metal pantheon. The last four albums getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And uh, really, we're enjoying looking forward to this one, uh, you know, in the studio that, that Flattis had designed. He was returned, he was called back to the stars, and we were forced to uh, look to the Maximus clan for another guitar player, because everybody knows all the Maximuses play guitar. And uh, basically, the battle Maximus was the struggle that the various Maximuses waged against each other for the right to continue with Guar and represent Flattis in his absence. And uh, I must say that Pustulus emerged triumphant and victorious from this struggle. And uh, indeed, uh, his style of guitar playing uh, is every bit as wonderful as Flattis's. It's different, yes, of course. It's, gonna, it's a different sounding band. But then again, every Guar album sounds different than every other Guar album anyway. So... I have to say that uh, he's absolutely done an amazing job 
you know, behind his songwriting skills and the rest of the band. Uh, I think we created an album that Flattis would truly be very proud of. And uh, judging from the reaction it's getting thus far from the fans, it seems to be going pretty well. Definitely a kind of more maybe a return to our thrash metal roots, but with the added benefit of the fact now that we've created about 13 records and know our way around a recording studio a little bit better. What can I say? We're very pleased with ourselves, and now it's all up to the slaves who are working feverishly to prepare the brand new show, which we will be debuting on the October tour. Now, how does uh, Pustulus fitting in on stage? I mean, I've seen him play. Uh, I've seen him play at least once now, and I think he gets it. I think he's right in there with the with you guys when you're when you're up there destroying it. Yeah, Flattis had kind of more of a laid back style as much. He let his guitar do all the talking for him. Uh, Pustulus is uh, just a little bit more ornery all around, uh, more violent and nasty. And, uh, you know, I'll be hearing these great thrashing and stumbling and, and people running into me. And uh, I turn around and it's constantly uh, Pustulus just basically running, running around all over the stage, going berserk, basically. So uh, we have a very much... Uh, uh, a more active member, at least physically. Uh, you know, Flattis, you could always rely on him to lay the smoking lead, write the killer songs, and uh, execute the playing of them in an amazing fashion. But uh, with Pustulus as well, now you have the added element of uh, the physical violence that he brings to uh, to the band. So uh, it's probably the leanest, meanest, baddest, biggest and baddest choir we have yet, and I and I have to think that uh, that Flattis looks down from Scumdog Heaven and uh, and feels pride. Will there be any uh, scenes from what Pustulus had to go through during back- Battle Maximus be reenacted during this tour? Uh, not during the tour so much. Uh, maybe in a video. Uh, we did uh, we did videotape the entire Battle Maximus uh, between him and all the other Maximuses that came out. They're all credited on the record. No, this uh, the story of the, the new Guar show centers more around the uh, next chapter in the story of Guar, uh, the story of our struggle against hideous Mr. Perfect, uh, leader of a master race of humans from the future who uh, lack the one thing that stops them from being uh, complete dominant masters of this world is the fact that they do not have the secret of eternal life, which, of course, Everybody knows Guar, being immortal, possesses in our hulking uh, nutsacks. So uh, basically, Mr. Perfect is coming back through time in order to chop off my balls and use the uh, Gizmoglobin inside of them to power his master race of uh, superhumans in order to take over the world once and for, for all. And so once again, Guar, the creatures that have sworn to the destruction of the human race, find themselves, once again, as your protectors, which is, uh, there's an irony about that that uh, even a brain like mine cannot fathom. Well, because you want to ultimately rule the humans of Earth. You don't want to want some other future human to yeah, do that. I mean, yeah, I don't even really want you humans killing each other. I mean, the every single human soul on this planet is property of Guar, and therefore, we get to decide how you meet your doom. We don't need these uh, petty third-world dictators, you know, dropping scud missiles on their own populations. We'll get to everybody. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to call the shots as to how the human race 
meets their fucking hideous doom. Not some superpowered shithead who's not even from this century to begin with. <laughs> so I'm assuming that he doesn't get your balls at the end of at the end of the show. No spoilers. I well, mean, we haven't we haven't done the show. Okay, yet, right, he so might. It, sure, it's possible. It's up for. Quite literally, my balls are up for grabs every night. <laughs> nice. Now, who do you who, who do you uh, who do you get the skewer? I mean, I don't want you to give away too much because that's part of the part of the fun of going to a going to see you guys play live. I've seen you skewer Obama. I've seen you rape a baby with uh, Michael Jackson. I've seen you do George W. I've seen you do Sarah Palin. Any surprises that you can uh, let loose? Well, if I told you, they scarcely wouldn't be surprised. Oh, just a couple, just a couple. You know, you gotta, you gotta let a teaser a little bit there. Well, let's see. You guys have a new pope, so I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that Guar will have something to say about that. I mean, after all, (laughs) we—it's just a a tradition. Guar kills every single president. Guar kills every single pope. And Guar kills every single entertainment star that has become so fucking annoying that they must die in the most grotesque and public manner as possible. Now, I know everyone wants uh, Miley Cyrus to be that person, but there is actually someone else even more fucking reprehensible than Miley Cyrus at this point. And I won't tell you too much about who he is, except he's from Canada. His initials are JB and... He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> See, now, now does he now work get for my Metal Blade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's. I don't even care if you, if you don't like Guar. I, I don't care if you despise our music. I don't care what you think about us. But just the fact that you get to see Justin Bieber get his genitals ripped off <laughs> in one of our shows, that alone is worth the ticket price. <laughs> well, I keep thinking. Now I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, so we had the Nazi Pope, and we got now we get the we get the gay loving Pope. So there, there's all kinds of fun yeah, stuff that could happen. Those popes can't figure it out. You know, one second, you know, they're looking the other way while the SS are carting off the Jews of Rome. You know, and the next second, you got the goddamn Pope talking about how cool gay people are. It's completely confusing. I, I can't keep up with it. You would know better than anyone. Did they actually have communication with God, or is it with something else? I mean, they get seem to get oh, such absolutely. a confused message. God does not exist. God said so himself at the end of the last Guar tour. He admitted that everything was bullshit. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to worry about God anymore. So that whole thing about the Pope being like, uh, has a hotline to heaven, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a bunch of bullshit. You're you're on top of everything that's happening with the human race around the world, and you mentioned some of the things that are happening right now. You know, Miley Cyrus and and poison gas in Syria. Elaborate a little bit more about what you were saying about gassing your own people. Pretty funny that the American people, land of the free, home of the brave, protectors of the downtrodden masses of the world. You got this asshole in Syria who just dropped fucking chemical weapons on his own people. Uh, I don't know. They they won't say how many people were killed because uh, the amount is so high that the, uh, I think probably the entire civilized world would rise against this guy, but they're not about to do that because that might make the Russians mad. Um, I just think it's funny that all this shit is going on, but what are the Americans seem to care about the most? 
Miley Cyrus twerking it. That was the miserable thing, watching that all go down and going, you know, we're about to go to war, and uh, and we're worried about Miley Cyrus's chicken butt. Yeah, well, you know what? There's one thing I will say about the, the VMA Awards and that whole uh, shameless display. It never made me prouder to be a metalhead than it did after I saw that. Right. <laughs> What would you make a, a what would Guard, you know, do if you're given the opportunity to design a true metal award show? What would you guys do? Uh, we would honor bands that actually deserved it. You know, people like Slayer, people, you know, guys like Lemmy, people that have been around in this business, you know, for, for years and years and years and have given selflessly every ounce of their being to this thing. But mostly, uh, the awards show would honor Guar, and uh, yeah, so over and over again, we would be nominated uh, several times. We would be nominated more than once for one thing, and uh, <laughs> and we would win every single time, except for the special. We love Lemmy, and he must be enshrined as a god from here until the end of eternity. Have you guys had any communication with Lemmy of late? Uh, not, of, not of late. Uh, I understand he hasn't been feeling very well, but he'll be doing fine soon. And um, I've only met Lemmy one time. He's a hilarious human being. Uh, he came up to me after a Guar show, saw me sitting in a bloody heap in the corner trying to recover from my latest battle with Gorgor. He took one look at me and said, I hope I never have to work that hard. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave Lombardo left Slayer recently or split with Slayer because he says that the uh, uh, Slayer's books need, need to be audited. Do you got any comment on what you think Slayer's accounting team might be doing? Well, I mean, I have no idea what's going on with them. I know Tom. I know Tom's a great guy. Uh, I've met Carrie, and I Carrie's never been anything but a complete asshole to me. So I wouldn't be surprised if their if their business was completely uh, rife with fraudulence. It wouldn't surprise me if the people that are running Slayer have been cooking the books and lining their own pockets for all these years. And uh, obviously, uh, somebody's getting paid. Uh, somebody's getting paid enough money to think it's a good idea to fire Dave Lombardo. So obviously something really fucked up is going on. But Slayer is a brand now. You know, as long as you've got one dude from the original band, then chances are you're going to be able to put on a Slayer show and tons of people are going to show up. I don't know how they'll continue losing Handman and Lombardo in such a short period of time, but... If there is any band that they can take inspiration from, it would be Guar. We've faced similar situations in our not-so-recent past, and uh, or not-so-distant not past, and we somehow uh, triumphed and thrived and uh, took the uh, nasty cards that faded dealt us and turned them into positive ones. It can be done in the face of all adversity. Uh, metal can still rule, and uh, that's the plan. It's been the plan, and it will continue to be the plan. Now, there's uh, some other people who have faced adversity that you had some comment about in the past, or recent past, I guess. Uh, we're talking about uh, Tim Lambesis and uh, his, his attempt to kill his wife. What would you have done differently? Uh, alleged, allegedly. Alleged. What? Oh, oh, sorry. Allegedly. What would you have done differently? Well, first of all, I would have just killed my wife myself. Second of all, I never would have gotten married. Uh, 
<laughs> Third of all, I would have stayed away from the roids. They make your they make cauliflower grow on your brain, and it, it impedes your thought process. Now, as much as Tim, when he was accused of this crime, he heard a hell of a lot of guff from odorous. Of course, it was hilarious. I saw the potential to make all kinds of tasteless, completely hilarious remarks about it. But they in no way, shape, or form reflected any true feelings I had. And in fact, afterwards, I was kind of, I don't know, the word I suppose would be shame. I was ashamed that it seemed like the metal community had basically turned as one and thrown this dude under the bus. I haven't seen any fucking proof. I haven't seen any fucking evidence this guy did what, he, what they're saying that he did. Uh, I'm not saying that it didn't happen. I'm not saying that it did. But in this country, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And uh, that's something that everybody that's accused of a crime is supposed to have. And apparently, uh, that didn't really apply to Tim. Until the facts and until the evidence have been made clear, I'm going to reserve judgment. And until then... uh, I fucking wish him uh, the best of luck. Do you think that him uh, sort of sliding away, renouncing his Christian faith, should be brought into evidence? Absolutely not. It has no bearing on the case whatsoever. Either he did it or he didn't. You know, it's not too hard to see how the cops could take some idle chit-chat at the gym and turn it into a federal case. It wouldn't be the first time that the cops had some bullshit evidence and went absolutely apeshit over it, it wouldn't be the first time that a figure from the entertainment industry was railroaded by the police, and it wouldn't be the first time that they falsified evidence or did whatever the fuck it is that it took to convict this guy. It's just, uh, I think it's pathetic. You know, even as obvious as it may be that what Tim did it's true. I mean, I don't know for sure it happened, but a lot of a lot of people seem to think it did. It's just it's unbelievable to me that just as one people will turn on him like that. And uh, you know, as I said before, I will wait until the evidence has been presented. I will wait until the fake evidence has been presented to us, and then I shall make my decision. Do you think that court of public opinion is uh, is just getting way ahead of itself, like uh, all around, yeah, not just seem- not just in his case, but like in every case these days? Everywhere, from Nancy Grace, you know, this whole Trayvon Marshall thing, the Jody Arias case. I mean, the justice system is a fucking mess. Uh, it used to be really important to say alleged, allegedly. It used to be really important to stress that these people were innocent until proven guilty. Well, they seem to have sidestepped that entire part of the procedure now, and you've got entire networks that are dedicated to nothing except basically convincing you these people are scum without the benefit of a trial. You know, I think it's absolutely bullshit. And people like Nancy Grace should know better. She's a federally trained prosecutor. She's a lawyer. She knows how the system works. She's a lot more concerned about ratings and being a big star than she is about the truth or justice. Has Guar ever been accused of anything? 
Sure, we've been accused of all kinds of stuff, and I'm happy to say that we were guilty of all of it. <laughs> Which was it? Murder? Was it? Uh, was it death? Was it spying on somebody? I mean, what or all of the above? Specifically, it was butt fucking the Pope. Uh, that apparently didn't. That didn't go over all that well in North Carolina. Led ultimately. That led ultimately to the movie uh, Alice in Wonderland, right. where. Uh, yeah. Yeah, where we kind of went over that that whole adventure. After that, you know, the cops, they pretty much realized that War was going to do whatever the fuck they wanted. And uh, so, therefore, their their new strategy became, let's just ignore them and hope that they leave the planet. And, well, that's fucking backfired on them as well. (laughs) We're not going anywhere. We like Earth. And besides the fact that Earth is the only planet in the solar, in the entire universe that has crack cocaine, we ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so do you guys have like a, a list of promoters that are, you know, that, that you are just your go-to now at this point? Or do you guys still have the adventure of trying to explain a Guar show to a new promoter every once in a while? Every now and then it'll happen still. You know, I've got an army of trained midgets that does all that shit for me. <laughs> Basically, we just, like, uh, crank up the word thing. That's uh, what we call a telephone. And we say, we want to go on tour. And then, boom, the army of trained midgets snaps into action. We're all about it, and we're out the door. It seems at this point, Gwar is bigger than metal. I mean, when you're looking at your your nearly 30-year history at this point, you know, you guys have been prolific. You're constantly touring. And even at times when uh, people are not going to metal shows, Guar is still successful. Is that, you think, uh, a, a true statement? Yeah, I would say. I mean, because we offer so much more than just a, a regular metal show. I mean, I love metal bands. I love going to see a great metal band play. I don't need there to be a gigantic stage show that goes along with it. In fact, I'll go as far as to say I think that big boat that Amana Mars had on their latest, late, latest tour was more of a distraction to the set than anything else. I just kept waiting for it to like break free of the stage and like sail into the audience, but it never did. <laughs> now that would have been cooler. That would have been way cool. <laughs> but um, for periods of metal where maybe it's gone through you know, the, the little eddies and the valleys and the hills and the dales, um, Guar has remained consistent through the whole thing. And that's because not only the fact that our music has remained kick-ass all these years, we undoubtedly, without any argument from anyone else presents the greatest show in the history of rock and roll and uh that's just what we do we don't really see it as a show so much it's just us getting up and doing the things that we normally do and a typical day for me you know involves fighting super-powered nuclear shitheads from outer space sometimes that'll happen when we're actually trying to play a show and from what i understand that makes the show even a little bit better you know, with Guar, you get the whole thing. You get the show, you get the music, you get a face full of sputum, you know, your fucking girlfriend gets pulped up in a meat grinder. I mean, there's really nothing else quite like it in show business, and uh, I don't think there ever will be. Now, are there, I hope not, anyway. Are there any bands that you go see that you think really could use more of a, a show? I mean, some so many bands just sort of, you know, st- uh, stand there and stare at their shoes. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that these bands really need a need a show so much as that they just need some stage fucking presence. I mean, if the music's good enough, then fuck, stand completely still, don't even look at the audience. 
uh, I will enjoy the music. But I like to be an artist who puts a little bit of fire, a little bit of energy in what they're doing. And, uh, yeah, sure, take it a step further and have some kind of show element in there. That's totally awesome. Just don't get up there like Miley Cyrus, dance around with a bunch of stuffed animals while acting while making faces that look like you're a fucking retard. I mean, I never thought ever that I would want her father to return to recording music <laughs> so badly as I do right now. <laughs> I thought you guys killed him in 93. <laughs> I can't remember. I, I think I got a chunk of his, of his mullet. Yeah. We got nominated for a Grammy the same year that he did, and so I actually got to see Billy Ray Cyrus perform oh, Achy Breaky Heart. And I must say, it was one of the more horrifying experiences of my entire life. Uh, that was more punishment for the human race than Guar's done in 30 years. <laughs> yeah, if, if anybody yeah, if, if anybody set Guar clearly on our course to destroy the entire human race, <laughs> it was Billy Ray Cyrus. And now his <laughs> child is helping. God, how much bad music and horrible art is one family capable of, of producing and apparently the cyruses have got a corner on that market yeah it's kind of frightening actually <laughs> through all these it would be so so bad like at some point during that performance for kanye to come up on stage and just smash her in the face <laughs> i mean that would have not only killed her ended that routine but then i would have had some respect for kanye who also <laughs> <laughs> well through all these ebbs and valleys that that you're talking about that's happening in metal you guys have stuck with metal blade the entire time how has that relationship evolved and changed and you know is this a relationship you expect to last another 30 years oh certainly but we, we and it hasn't been always exclusively with metal blade we we meandered over to some other crappy label in new york for a while that uh, immediately went tits up uh, and then we went back to Metal Blade. No, Metal Blade have been, and, and Brian Slagle and Mike Bailey, they've been pretty much our patron demons, Guar's link to uh, the human race. And uh, Metal Blade is, uh, I think, the best, the best metal uh, label out there. They've kept their shit together, kept it going strong now for over 30 years. Uh, that is not easy for an independent music label to do. In fact, that's fucking hard as shit. So hats off to Metal Blade and uh, much, I mean, I, I would hate, I hate to say this about any fucking human, but uh, I have a lot of respect for those guys and it's, and it's always a pleasure <laughs> working with them. Do you have any advice for like new bands that get signed to Metal Blade so that they might be able to enjoy the same kind of relationship you guys have had? Generally speaking, you know, just don't act like a bunch of dicks. Because you like just because you got signed, well, that's just the beginning. That's not like some magical spell was woven. Oh, we got signed. Now we're going to be rich rock stars. It doesn't work that way. All they're giving you is a chance to prove yourself. So you know, being getting signed is just the beginning of it. Now, if you got signed to Metal Blade, hey, way to go, good job. You're on the best label in the metal in the metal business. But now it's really on you. Now you've got to fucking make great albums, tour them relentlessly, and kick ass for your band 
365 days a year. So, uh, you know, for anyone out there that thinks that, uh, that getting signed is like the reward, <laughs> no, getting signed is the, is the curse. Now you have to spend the rest of your lives proving that you're worthy of being signed. And as soon as you prove that you're not, you're out of there. And that's when the work really starts, right? <laughs> yeah. So getting signed is just the beginning, my friend. You actually have to be good after that. So uh, you've been doing, how long have you guys been doing the barbecue? The barbecue started many, many years ago, but uh, we started doing it more uh, on a yearly basis uh, four, uh, four years ago, and this year was the fourth annual barbecue. And it was by far the biggest, baddest, bestest barbecue ever. We had the most killer lineup. Everyone from Municipal Weight to Big Destroyer, Corrosion and Conformity, Battlecross. There were so many fucking great bands. Plus, there was the uh, reunion of the X-Cops, which was something that uh, many seem to think would never happen again. Uh, you know, we had Guar Beer, the barbecue Sauce. Really, the only complaint I heard about the barbecue. The guy who ran the place didn't get enough torta potties. So unfortunately, uh. altogether, too many people took way too long standing in line when they should have been rocking out. So, uh, and then when they got to the end of the line in that bathroom that had been fucking people had been shitting and pissing in all day, it wasn't really a pleasant experience. <laughs> but uh, next year, we'll have more porta potties, goddammit. <laughs> and the barbecue will be the fifth. Only thing possibly that could be greater than the fourth annual barbecue is the fifth annual barbecue. And that's about a year from now. So we got a little time to get ready for it. Oh, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I want to thank you, Odorous, for uh, being our guest today. Well, thanks for having me, guys. You know I love Texas. You know I love Austin. We can't. You guys are from Austin, Texas. Oh right? yeah, hell yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> from Austin. Yeah, we're kind of pretty stupid if I got that one wrong. <laughs> we can absolutely cannot wait to get down there to play Phil uh, Anselmo's big uh, horror convention. Um, it's going to be amazing. So um, we're bringing Pustulus with us. Uh, Flatus is smiling down upon us from Scumdog Heaven, and uh, here comes Guar back in your face, Austin. We are coming. Get ready for the return of the mightiest band in the history of motherfucking rock and roll.
Had to throw that one in there, man. Brand new Pig Destroyer on the Metal Sucks podcast called the Octagonal Stairway. Uh, you can find that on the Adult Swim singles. They just put out a whole big thing of singles. Most of it is hip-hop, a little bit of dubstep here and there, but uh, they, they put the, Ooh, the, the Pig Destroyer in there. Dubstep. Man. Metal Sucks podcast brought to you by Metallica through the never. If you live for Metallica, don't die before September 27th. See the 3D movie that Rolling Stone calls a full-throttle expression of rock and roll anarchy metallica through the never only an imax 3d on uh, 927 on friday the uh, debut happens and then the big one happens i think uh, next week so it's going to be uh, like entire nationwide look i'm just saying if metallica has a movie in imax metal is mainstream but can guar play the super bowl no. i really wish that that would have come out before we had interviewed odorous i really wish it would be possible but it is impossible they, you think so they yeah. played fallon it doesn't matter. You know, he's all over like uh, he's all over the place, no, man. No, you don't, no, you don't yeah, think so. I mean, they they, 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 wouldn't even get a spot like uh, like doing the national anthem. I mean, and well, that's that usually would be, that, that would uh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I know it would be, but there's just no way. It's never going to happen. Uh, could you imagine Odorous Arungus singing in the national anthem? That I'm could just be. saying, like the dude from the WWE could found another football league make it even edgier and they still wouldn't get that halftime can he show. play the super bowl halftime show at the lingerie football league i don't think that i don't I think, think they, that would be acceptable that would totally be acceptable because you know the 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 gigantic space penis would totally fit in there well maybe not fit in if you know what i mean but <laughs> but it would be it would be interesting i don't know though i think the discussion about metal being mainstream is is scary on so many levels but sort of intriguing at the same time i hate to think that that we're be, we're just part of the average fabric of america and uh, the rest of the world because you know we used to be so scary and evil and i i don't think it's out of the question to think that like somebody is going to hit a home run in the world series this year and they're going to immediately start playing Jordan Straw. And, and, and yeah, that, see that and, might you know, happen yeah they'll play some metallica but they won't play pig destroyer not, not yet, yet. Not yet. I don't know. You never know. Dude. The Mastodon is getting to that level. Oh. You know, the Lamb of God's getting to that. They're all getting close. So I mean, they're, we're getting, we're creeping in. Yes. You know, and I think it's uh, it's sooner, sooner or later it's going to happen. I mean, it used to be that the sound of the guitars were somehow so abrasive that you couldn't have that like go mainstream. But now you can hear that anywhere. So now it's like, oh well, it's the sound of the voices. You know, but before you know it, you're going to hear like that Max Cavalera, you know, type of, you know. Well, you, because Max Cavalera used to be the scary voice and now it's right. like now sort it's of. Okay. Eh, well, it's not as abrasive as it used to be. Exactly. I, I bought my Scion as a result. When you get somebody like Dying Fetus to be mainstream, that's when I think we're going to, where we're, it's going to jump the yeah, shark. Yeah, Cannibal Corpse was in uh, Ace Ventura. Yeah, but that's Ace Ventura, man. That was, that was a movie one time in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, the I, exception that proves the rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I don't know. I don't know. I just say that like metal can, can get as mainstream as it wants. You're not going to get a giant space penis <laughs> in the middle of the Super Bowl. I don't well, care how many signatures well, you get. Well, you might, but it might not be the way you want it. <laughs> it could be it's probably attached to Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> That's entirely possible. Or it and, is Justin and, Bieber. And once again, everybody in radio is pissed. <laughs> you know, that, that's exactly what would happen. Uh, very true. That's why we're not doing this in radio anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Metal Sucks Podcast. we got to wrap this thing up, man. Next week on the Metal Sucks Podcast, we're going to have uh, Devin Townsend. Speaking of space creatures, the guy's going to be putting out uh, three, four, five, ten albums next year or something like that. But he's got one out right now called The Retinal Circus, or I think it's out now. But it's a double-disc live album. 
uh, and it's pretty awesome. So we're going to be talking to, uh, I think Vince is doing that one with uh, Devin Townsend next week on the I Metal want Sucks that podcast. DVD. I got to get those guys to send me one. It sounds great. I'll tell you that right now. The audio is is, is amazing. The show so, looked like it was pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to actually check that out and uh, hear what he's going to say about it. So that's coming up on the Metal Sucks podcast next week. I want to thank Odorous Arungus and uh, the guys from Guar for being on the show this week. And also Vincent Axel. We appreciate their take on, of course, everything metal that is metalsucks.net and of course the metal sucks podcast i am chickity chuck i'm godless have yourself a great week 